Welcome to the Racket Rundown podcast. We are now in what some may call the home stretch of the season, the American hardcourt swing. The official end of the season is probably the indoor hardcourt season. This is the final lead up to the U.S. Open, which is the last major of the year. So a lot of exciting action that's already transpired. But um, the two major Masters tournaments in Canada and Cincinnati are about to come up. And, of course, Cincinnati is a personal favorite of everybody here on the podcast. And so uh, we're definitely going to have a lot of uh, previews and analysis of that tournament, but we have one coming up here. And, um, you know, before we jump in, talk about Canada, I think it's really important to discuss some of the results we've seen thus far in the American hardcourt swing. Um, you know, I guess starting with just like, you know, Atlanta mostly and, and, and the hardcore tournaments that have transpired since Wimbledon. We can probably touch a little bit on some of the off hardcore tournaments, you know, Newport, you know. But what are you guys thinking thus far in terms of what we've seen primarily in Atlanta and at D.C. in terms of, uh, you know, surprising results, how the Americans are doing, and just uh, who to really look out for um, coming into Canada? Yeah, so looking at Atlanta and D.C., um, definitely a mixed bag for Americans. Um, you know, we saw Taylor look pretty strong and win the tournament in Atlanta, um, but then lose to Talon Greeksport in D.C. And then we see Tiafo win a few matches, then lose to Dan Evans in D.C. And we see... Corda and Shelton have some bumpy results. So not as smooth sailing as you would like from a lot of the um, big names for sure. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's very tough because there's some really good talents that is being shown at, uh, at these tournaments. Uh, even if some of the top, t- top 10 stars aren't in action so much, um, we're really getting to see kind of the depth of the field. Um, so I think that's really a big takeaway um, for for me. And then, yeah, Dan Evans winning DC. Um, beautiful week. He beat some big names. He beat Tiafo and he just beat Greek Spore in the final. Um, 33 years old. Uh, so we're seeing this trend continuing of players peaking into their thirties. Um, so that is something to also look out for, not just the youth movement that we've seen, that we've seen sweeping through this year with Alcaraz's Wimbledon title and Holger Runa's continued um, consistency. Um, we're seeing definitely um, some older generation success as well. That's not just big three related. So I think that's some of my main takeaways, Akil, if you have anything else you want to add. Yeah, I mean, obviously going off the uh, non-Big 3 guys um, of the older vein, Dominic Team obviously can't go without without the last uh, – without talking talking about him regarding the last week of action. Uh, I mean, it's been a rough, rough go of it for him since uh, 
really, really mid 2021. Um, you know, rarely has had had a bright spot, and this easily the biggest one thus far. Uh, back home in Kitzbühel, um, yeah, made the final there, beating a couple, a couple of good clay court guys. Um, obviously, most notably. Um, I think Zhen Zhang and then uh, Laz Legera, obviously always a tough out on clay. Um, and in general, just awesome to see a team, you know, whether this is sustainable or not, or not obviously you hope, hope so. Um, but regardless, just awesome to see him get a moment there uh, with in front of his home crowd, uh, get through all these close matches seemingly have them will him on um, in front of obviously a super raucous atmosphere out there in Austria. Um, and yeah, unfortunately not able to bring it home. You know, it seemed like a lot of the accumulated uh, fatigue caught up to him in the end, but nonetheless, that was, that was awesome to see. Um, and that's definitely, I think the highlight of, post uh, Wimbledon clay. Yeah. Well, how, what about, you know, maybe Zverev, you know, kind of putting it together in, in Hamburg, any, any, anything on that? Do we think that's a, any sort of indicator of, you know, uh, things to come in the hardcore swing or maybe just a, a sort of anomaly? I don't think that's an uh, anomaly. I mean, Look, we all know he made the U.S. Open final in 2020, losing a tight uh, five-setter to team. But, um, I mean, I don't think it's an anomaly um, because, you know, he can play well on any surface, really. Um, he has the game for it, so I'm not surprised. Um, well, do I think he'll be a favorite for any tournament coming up? No, but I think we could see some semifinal runs. Um, for sure. Um, Do we think that the, 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 the problem with Zverev is not that, you know, like we've seen him beat a lot of players who are quality players, but when it comes to that top echelon, that's where we've seen Zverev struggle. So that's where, you know, I think the question arises, do we think that he has that level to take out any of these, you know, hardcore superstars in, you know, Djokovic, Alcaraz, Medvedev, I guess maybe City Pass with the with the recent win. Well, I mean, yes and no. I mean, he's not the player that, even with that win in Hamburg, one without dropping a set, he's still clearly not the player he was pre-injury. Um, but yet, yeah, it's Hamburg was the best he's shown so far in this comeback year, and. Uh, yeah, the remaining remaining stretch, as Ryan touched upon, is a stretch he's done great, and he's won both Canada and Cincinnati before finals and semis. The last time, both losing in five. The last two times he played at the Open, and then obviously he's awesome in indoor hard courts too. Um, even if he does return to somewhere resembling the player he was before he got hurt, it's not. Some it's not really challenging the top guys. He can he can absolutely do that. It's more being able to do it in in the majors 
which has always been always been the thing with him um, of whether he can get get over the line against him in the majors. And you know, not really to this point. He only has one top ten win um, in slams ever, and uh, I. I, I think he's definitely one to keep an eye out for the remainder of this, this summer hardcore swing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, it wouldn't sir if he does com- continue improving on what he's, what he's put together over the, over the last, uh, well, last week in Hamburg, really, then yeah, he can beat anybody. Uh, and, uh, over best of three that's that's been that's already been demonstrated but i mean yeah that's the final barrier is just translating it over into into the majors yeah i mean i think that's fair i mean i think that you know it's fair end of the day has always been you know i'm honestly like he he's he's been a really exceptional best of three player i mean like his masters speak for themselves right um, but yeah, the majors is going to be a different story, but I think for now, I think he's definitely going to be a threat in the two upcoming masters, I guess, rounding out, um, some, some of the, you know, vets, how about, you know, stand the man making a final Croatia again on clay, but you know, I, I think that's just a feel good story. I mean, at the end of the day, we know stands declining in age. We know that stands, uh, you know, probably not going to be any formidable threat in in terms of you know going deep in these majors but um yeah do we think that stan could potentially do anything in in this american hardcore swing with all due respect uh you know probably not any deep runs but um we're seeing a level of stan marinka that we haven't seen in a couple years probably since before COVID hit. So yes, he's 38. Um, and yes, I don't see any deep runs occurring, but he's still going to be a dangerous floater in every draw he's in right now. He's hitting such, such effortless power off both wings um, that we saw during his peak days. Um, but his movement is not what it used to be. Um, but he can still hang with almost anyone. Uh, picked up some great wins on Carbias Baina and Sanego and umag like you touched on um so just won the doubles title and and gestad too so he's having a lot of wins right now and you know honestly did better than expected at wimbledon too so that'll give him some confidence almost got a set off novak that third round after beating rusevori who's a strong up and coming uh bin player and uh, echeverry's had an amazing year um getting those two wins so i think that wimbledon showing and then the two clay tournaments following gives him the confidence to win round a round or two um and make those presence felt in toronto and cincy um you know i think fourth round would probably be the ceiling for stan at the u.s open but you know you know he's won the term tournament before so you know i'll never count him out fully from going even a little deeper, but it would be unlikely um, given, given his age, but uh, yeah, he'll be a dangerous. Yeah. Would love to see Stan just have, you know, a quality win here or there, you know, best of five. 
that's that's really honestly all you can kind of hope for but you yeah. know moving into toronto um loaded draw i mean excellent matchups across the board let's start starting with the top quarter here uh this is hold runa and carlos alcaraz and carlos alcaraz is round of 16 he has Hubie, but before that he's got ben shelton uh most likely uh, assuming Ben Shelton gets through his first round, which is no guarantee. Um, but, you know, looking at Ben Shelton and his chances of posing a threat against Carlos Alcaraz, do we think Ben's really got, you know, uh, the skill or ability right now to hang with Carlos, or do we expect that to if, – assuming Ben gets through his first round – that to be a straight set win for Carlos. Mm, probably. I mean, it's pretty obvious to, to anybody watching right now that you know, Ben's not playing good tennis. He hasn't played well in a, in a minute now. He hasn't put together, uh, I think, consecutive match wins since February or March. Um Obviously, you know, there's there's a little bit working there where I, I guess uh, maybe transitioning from grass to hard. Alcaraz hasn't played since March. And, you know, the high of, of Wimbledon, may, maybe there's a little bit of a hangover there. But, and that, I mean, that's really just grasping at straws. That's like the only way you could, and obviously Shelton playing playing as well as he can which hasn't happened in a in a while obviously uh, um, all of that would probably have to snowball together for a chance at the upset um but yeah i mean i i don't think it's uh, it's uh, this draw certainly does uh, complicate things as far as uh alcaraz being being a shoo-in to take this title obviously it'll probably go deep but um yeah quite a few stumbling blocks along the way nothing he can't handle but yeah uh, yeah no i mean i think that's i mean the honest truth is i mean it's uh it's alcaraz novak in, in the top tier a little bit of space medvedev and then a bit of space and then everybody else um so, you know, I guess with that, you know, if you look at Carlos's quarter, obviously a full Garuna, um, you know, he's going to play the winner of what should be an entertaining match between Giron and Rusevori. And then, um, you know, TP's lurking um, in that, in that, you know, potential, uh, would that be round of, that would be round of 32, I believe, or no, round of 60. Round of sixteen. Yep, round of six. Yep, round of sixteen. So, yeah. Um, you know, what do we think about TP's chances? Again, another American that we haven't, you know, really, like, you know, been had a pretty has has had a pretty decent year, but not anything that's uh, stood out as like a, a really extraordinary result. Do we think that you know TP can can have that big big result and maybe go to the quarters here, maybe? even push Carlos and, and try to make a run at a semi. Yeah. As cool as it would be for that to happen. 
I got to be honest, I don't see it happening. Um, Tommy Paul really hasn't looked that great since beginning of the year when he made the semifinals yep. in Australia. Um, Wimbledon, uh, Rounick was a nice win, um, but then he kind of choked away. Um, ch- uh, well, not really choked away because he was down two sets, but really struggled to find any consistent form against Lehechka, who's who's had a good year, to be fair, but lost that match at five. Um, lost to an aging and maybe even retiring John Isner in Newport and follow that up this week in Los Cabos. Um, not, not playing his best stuff, losing to Demon R in the quarters. So um, I don't like his form coming in. Um, I'll even go so far as to predict a resurgent Diego Schwartzman upset of Tommy Paul in the first round. Um, Diego just through qualies and uh, picked up a win. Um, today over, I believe it was Alexander Vukic. Um, yeah, four and four, which is a great result after Vukic just made the finals um, in Atlanta. So um, yeah, I think Tommy's out first round and Holger will make that quarterfinal against Alcaraz, which will be must-see TV. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, I hope that there's a really entertaining match. And, um, you know, it goes, goes the distance, you know, third set tiebreaker would be would be great but expect Alcaraz to get through that I think moving to the uh the next quarter Stefano Tsitsipas um you know is going to come in with some confidence here playing the winner of what should be an absolutely awesome match Guile Monfi and Chris Eubanks um you know Chris Eubanks obviously uh coming off the summer high with uh an incredible Wimbledon and then Guile Monfils speaks for itself. You know, this guy's awesome. Everyone loves Guile Monfils. He's one of the most entertaining players of all time. So, uh, yeah, between those two guys, I mean, do we think uh, – I mean, I, I would assume we'd probably give the edge to the Eubanks here. But, um, you know, what do we expect out of that? And do we think either of those guys have a shot of taking out Steph? Um. Yeah, I mean it's it's kind of a tough. I I did, before I go, I do want to. It, it's worth noting Tommy Paul did beat Alcaraz at this tournament, his opening match last year. Um, but yeah, I mean that's that's just a little Easter egg. Um, Monfils and Eubanks feels like a coin toss. Um, I mean obviously as as far Eubanks just beat. Um, CC Plus in at Wimbledon and uh, stuff is, is you know, his problems are well documented with you know backhand defense and return in general and never it always been a little little bit vulnerable to the big servers and Chris Eubanks obviously is just that um, I think I am leaning Morpheus to get get through that one though. Um, I, I mean, I, I just like very well could see, um, just a little bit of a letdown after obviously the, the best result of his career at Wimbledon, um, from, from Chris Eubanks. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, he just got, he just got beat down pretty bad by Jordan Thompson in, in DC. Um, can you blame him? I mean, Jordan Thompson's just been absolutely godly. Yeah, 
I mean, hey, he's had a great summer. I mean, it's, there's no doubt about it. Like, I, my guy could learn a thing or two from being able to throw down 20 aces against Djokovic at like sub six feet. So take notes, Rafa. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't, it's, 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 uh, it's anyone's guess with Morpheus and Eubanks. Um, and then, yeah, it's stuff. I, I think if I'm not mistaken, did have some changes to his coaching team. I'm not particularly sure what the specifics of that were regarding his father or whatever the case might be. Um, but obviously yielded him his first title in over a year now. Um, and, uh, he's honestly in a pretty good spot in the draw for him. Uh, he's had great success against center. Uh, I'm pretty sure Yannick's only been him like once. And, uh, you know, uh, other guys pretty much across the board in his, in his section, He's he's got the upper hand again. Felix he's had a tough time against, but Felix is is you know in in a tailspin right now. Other than that, I mean, yeah, he's had success against all these guys, um, and yeah, he'll definitely be confident right now. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that's fair. I mean, uh, you know, honestly, in that round of sixteen, he's got. He's got a few threats, you know, he's got Korda there, he's got Dimitrov, he's got, um, you know, summer 22 hardcore god, Borna Chorich. I mean, if Borna brings Cincy level to this tournament, I mean, I don't think, uh, I think the only guy who's going to maybe stop him is going to be Alcaraz. Um, And so with that crop of guys, like, do we see any of those guys uh, taking out Steph? Um, that's a good question. Uh, if you had asked me that question a week ago, I would say, yeah, I would throw in Corda's name. I'd throw in Borna's name. I'd throw in Grigor's name. I'd throw in quite a few guys, but Steph played surprisingly great in Los Cabos this past week. Um, as Akil alluded to, there was that coaching change. Um, his father Apostolos was not with him, uh, in Mexico for the tournament and Philip, Mark Philippousis, former uh, Wimbledon finalist was in his box again. So that certainly seemed to work wonders. And Steph won the tournament nicely and beat an informed Demonor in the final um, convincingly. 10 and 0 head, head to head now on, on Alex, which is crazy. Um, no one beats Demonor 11 times in a row, though. You got to remember that. So the next one, you better expect to win. But yeah, no, honestly, I'm taking Steph to make um, the semis here. Um, obviously, you know, you never know for sure with CT Pass, um, as Akilah said, with his return game and his backhand weaknesses and sometimes um, mental toughness too. Um, but, um, you know, there's some other threats too, like Murray and, and Berrettini uh, also, also yeah. in the section. But yeah, let's get into I, that. So, so that section, we got Felix, we got Maz, we have Berrettini, and then we got, yep, of, of course, Yannick. And so uh, from the, from this crop of guys, I mean, I just personally am so rooting for Andy Murray to get a well-deserved, really, really great result. I mean, he's been 
on the absolute edge of having so many great wins. And I think it's just about time that Murray deserves a, a big win. So, I, I mean, I think he's got a big opportunity playing Felix. I know it's in Canada. Um, and again, I'm, I'm assuming Murray gets through his first round, same with Felix. But, you know, if these two guys go head to head in the second round, I mean, I, I really think Muzz has a great shot. But, you know, I guess, do we think Andy Murray has any shot of consecutively potentially taking out Felix and Yannick Sinner and making maybe like how deep a run do we think Andy Murray can make given his level? It's tough to see him beating Sinner. Um, obviously, he's uh, he's gone toe to toe with some of the best guys in the. It's it really has been the most uh, entertaining and just keep you on the edge of your seat. Ten and eleven overall season I've ever seen that you ever really can see. Um, but and. Yeah, I mean, so many of those excruciating losses have – he's just been playing at, at literally like a, a top 20 at least level pretty much all most of the year. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it's just uh, – it's just really tough. He's in a tough spot because – he's been in a tough spot since he decided to come back where it's uh, – he's he's not seated yet he's not ranked high enough to avoid some of those topmost guys early on in tournaments and now he's actually you know closer than he ha- ever has been um since this hip resurfacing surgery to actually getting seated and he's going to need a big week either here or cincinnati yeah he's 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 poised to to at least get out of here with uh, more than ju- just go going one and done. He, he's he's set up nicely to win two matches here, given uh, Felix's form, given Murray's luck. Honestly, Felix might just uh, you know out of out of the blue just conjure up his best performance of the year. It's been that type of year for Andy Murray, um, but. Yeah, he's gonna need a big week out of this week or Cincinnati to get make that push get seated beef ahead of the U.S. Open. Um, and that, yeah, I'd, it's it's anyone's guess if it happens, honestly. Um, but I I don't think he'll beat Center here. It's uh, he, he certainly yeah. can can push that to a deciding set as he has most of his matches this year. But, um, yeah, I mean, this is Yannick's first action since Wimbledon as well. He's he's probably got his wagon back on track with the just making the semifinals. Um, and I, I would – I mean, me, I'm I'm taking center to, to the make, make the semi, yeah. Yeah. That was going to be my next question. And, you know, I think, uh, yeah, I think Sinner's uh, just uh, Sinner's a, a rock solid hardcore player. And I, I, I personally want to see that matchup with Alcaraz again because we've seen so much entertainment between these two. And I'm, I'm just very curious to see um, 
if as Alcaraz's was continuing to rise so rapidly, you know, if slash one, he's going to figure center out. So I really want to see that matchup. And I expect that to be an entertaining matchup if it comes to fruition. Um, if it's Alcaraz versus Sitsipas, I think uh, that's a pretty straightforward win for Alcaraz. But, um, you know, as we move to the bottom half here, we have Rublev along with a whole cast of characters and a ton of Americans. So it's a pretty entertaining section. We got Mackie McDonald, most likely coming up for Rublev in the second round. Um, we got Milos Raonic. How about Milos Raonic? Shout out to uh, one of the Lost Gen stars. And uh, Big Foe playing Milos Raonic first round. So that's a tough out. You know, we got to take Big Foe there. Um, and uh, Ryan, if you if you have other thoughts that are legitimate outside of the Seas involving Milos Raonic, please let us know. And uh, Zverev is in this quarter, and uh, he's potentially going to play JJ Wolf. Nakashima could play Casper um, Ruud. So, of these crop of guys, um, you know, do we think that any of these guys can come out of these quarters, especially the Americans? Of course, we have a bias for the US. So, do we think any American comes out of this section, or do we think uh, one of Rublev, Ruud? Or Zverev comes out. You know, it this could be a very wide open section. Um, like this. You taking Milos Raonic? You taking Milos Raonic the semis here? Uh, that's probably a, a little ambitious given Milos hasn't played. I, I'd give that plus uh, sixteen thousand. I think that'd be the approximate odds on Milos Raonic making the semis here. Now look. Is Tiafo in the best form right now? No. So do I think Milos pull that upset in front of a um, uh, a Davis? His straight set after? loss to yes. to to Evans was unfair. Then he, he Dan Evans redlined. Akil can Dan speak more to one. Dan did so Akil, how much stock do we take uh, into uh, that loss that Tiafo had in DC? I mean, I I don't put my I I I think that match on its own was easily Dan Evans' best of the tournament, and it's got a you know it's got a shout as maybe the best he's he's ever played. I mean, the final yeah final stats from that were thirty winners and six unforced, and uh, I mean Foe actually did well to to you know not go down like three and four or something at least or. Or, or worse than that, um, which, I mean, he could have. He was down a set in a break super early in in, in the second. Um, so, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I, in the, I mean, the Wimbledon loss wasn't wasn't great, uh, getting thrashed that easily. But, um, yeah, the DC thing, I just felt bad more than anything because – uh, at some point, foe foe's got to go. Foe's got to win at home. That tournament at home, uh, yeah, it's that that crowd really wanted it for him. He obviously wanted it really bad. He was, you know, kind of a little bit stoic after after the match. Um, obviously disappointed. Um, but yeah, no, I'm not. He he's he's got it. He's he's not losing to Milos Raonic. Is <laughs> so okay ryan getting back on track here so let's let's assume that tiafo gets through against your guy um 
you know, of, of the other Americans, uh, you know, do you think any of these guys are going to be able to take out, you know, one of Casper Rude, Zverev, or Rublev? Or do you see one of those three getting through? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, starting, we'll go in order. Um, Mackey, McDonald, uh, he's, I think he'll have his hands full opening round with Karatsev. But uh, Mackey and Karatsev are both similar in that they're very hot and cold. Uh, if their head's in it, they can play some good tennis. If not, they can go down pretty tamely. Um, neither one, the winner of that match, I think stands a chance to beat Rublev. Um and then we've already covered Tiafo Milos. Um, but then JJ Wolf. JJ Wolf's been playing some good tennis lately. Just made the semifinals of Atlanta, picking up some nice wins on uh, Max Cressy and uh, Dominic Kepfer's and playing good tennis lately uh, before losing to JJ, before losing to Taylor, sorry. And then picked up a couple more wins in DC. So he's in good form. He likes this part of the calendar year, does best in outdoor hard courts. Um, he's got Davidovich Fakina, which will be tricky. Um, but I think he gets through that. And but I don't know if he can get through Sasha Zverev coming off a Hamburg title. And um, you know, he's lost to Sasha before this year, and I haven't really seen JJ produce his best tennis against top 10 level players. Um, so it'd be hard for me to pick him to beat Sasha. And then Nakashima uh, at the at the bottom of the section. He's got a tough first round with Lehechka, who has already won 20-plus matches this year. He's had a phenomenal year. Um, he could win this match. Uh, Lehechka also just beat Tommy Paul at Wimbledon, had a great Wimbledon run. Um, he could win this match. Um, I honestly think he could also take Kasper Rude. Um, you know, Rude's not had a great year outside of, uh, outside of the French Open finals run. So... Um, Casper is such a perplexing player, man. You know what? I'll book book the Nakashima upset. um, There's bound to be some some surprise results this tournament. So I'll book the Nakashima upset. Do I think he makes the semis? I think that's probably a little too far. It'll probably be either Sasha or Rublev. Um, I'll say Sasha off of recent form. Yeah, I think that's that's a good pick. I expect, you know, I think Sasha's been due, honestly. Like, his uh, his return from injury, he's had a slow, like, slow, slow rise. But I, I, I don't think that this is going to be the peak of the level Sasha's going to bring. I think he's going to take it back to where he was. And I think, you know, this hardcore swing is going to be the start for him. I really do. I think he's really going to start to pick it back up, get into the, get into the top eight, top five. I level by next year. So I think this is going to be the beginning for him. I, I expect him to get to the semis. And then Fritzy. Uh, Fritzy, man. Uh, you know, Atlanta champ, but, you know, going out, semis at DC. Um, he's playing against, uh, you know, potentially Yari, Umber, um, you know, in his opening match. And then he's going to get Demon, Cam Nori. Or Devo, Dan Evans. Oh boy, that's a that's a loaded list, man. But uh, do we see Taylor going going to the semis? You know, taking out Medvedev here. Do we think Medi's kind of got it? I mean, other than let's see, uh, yeah, Medvedev sections honestly not got in. Maybe Zhang, but like that's about it. I I don't really think any of these guys are going to pose too big of a threat to Medvedev. Do we think that 
Fritz has any shot of taking out Medvedev. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. No, Medvedev, Medvedev is it's it's his time of year to begin with, and honestly, I'm you know there's the one wrinkle there for him that Alcaraz is a factor now, but other than that, you know, given his form this year, um, yeah, I'm expecting something closer to his monster summer hardcore swings of 19 and 21. Um, you know, that, that might very well look like finals in Canada, semis in Cincinnati or something along those lines, just because Start with just because Narvin repeated again. Okay. Finals in Canada, semis in Cincy, just because. All right. Is it working now? Yeah, yeah. So finals in Canada, semis in Cincy, just because. And I, I think. Monster hardcore season for him now could look like, yes, like a final in Canada, given his draw here, and like semis to a final in Cincinnati, just because if he ends up playing at Alcaraz, that's a guy he's, it's an absolute nightmare of matchup for him, looks like regardless of surface, um, but I expect him to have trouble with really anybody else. Um, I think that yeah, obviously his eighth is, yeah, it's it's very soft. You should get through that with no problems at all. Um, and then, yeah, Nori's been, Nor, Nori's been poor the second half of this year. Uh, Demonor is probably going to look toothless against Medvedev on, on these courts. Um, and Fritz, I, you know, I, I saw Fritz last year lose to Medvedev in straights in, in Cincinnati. And I think Fritz has a great shot to, you know, even though last year was the career season for him, it was a, it was a a disappointing North American hardcore swing. He's already kind of improved on that winning a title this year. And, you know, not a, not a terrible result in, in DC. There's a little bit of forgiveness there for you know in all fairness he played the three hour plus against murray then again the same a couple hours later played a match against jordan thompson and then less than i think less than 24 hours later had to play his his uh semi so fatigue certainly could have been a factor there um yeah, we did. Uh, we did we didn't mention that zverev has greek spore out of the gates that's not a that's not an that's not a gimme um by any means um and uh yeah i mean that being said it it should be medvedev uh out out of at least to the semifinals there and i guess with that right like you know medvedev versus sasha looks to be the most likely semifinal um in that section i'd say right in, in the bottom half so between those two guys up, up against an Alcaraz 
you probably take Sasha Zverev as a bigger threat to Alcaraz, right? Or would you say Medvedev can somehow figure out this matchup, which is just like a horrific matchup, it seems, for him, no matter what the surface is? Well, Alcaraz has now had dominant wins over both players. Um, Medvedev, of course, in the Indian Wells final early this year and at Wimbledon, um, and then beating Sasha soundly uh, um, in, in Madrid. I would still, I would say Medvedev would be uh, still a bigger threat to Alcaraz right now, um, given uh, Medi's prowess this time of year. Um, and, you know, Sasha's lack of, lack of results that have really proven himself yet. Yeah. And, I think Alcaraz has something to prove for these two hardcourt masters because, as Akil said, you know, he lost to Tommy Paul here last year. Not that he was playing absolute horrible tennis or anything, but, you know, he he hasn't shown to master to have mastered um, the conditions in, 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 in Canada or Cincinnati yet. Um, lost to Cameron Norrie in Cincinnati last year. Um, so, I, I think Medi would be the greater challenge right now um, because he's even better this time of year than Sasha is. Um, even though Sasha has won this tournament and Cincinnati, um, Medvedev's more proven consistent success um, on these two tournaments. So that, that gives the edge to Medi, but I still don't think um, Medi would, would beat Alcaraz. Maybe take a set here, but that would be it. Yeah, so I mean, I guess with that, it's uh, it's looking like most likely it, it would have to take like a miraculous maybe performance out of a sinner. Um, honestly, like, yeah, or maybe a Medi or maybe a Sasha who hold Aruna, but like most likely we're expecting Alcaraz to get this title. Yep, I certainly yeah. am. Yeah, so I mean, I guess it, it just becomes who's gonna get second place. Who's gonna who's gonna be the runner up? And uh, we have a great week ahead of us. And so, yeah, look not forward me. to an excellent. Not week. me. <laughs> Au contraire, my friend. I'm going to Medvedev for the title here. I'm saying Center beats Alcaraz in the semis. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm going okay. Medvedev over Center. Um. As yeah, I I I just think there'll be a little little bit of a letdown. After such a such a high from Wimbledon, yeah. I'll say so Sasha, Sasha's ceiling here is the semis. Sasha's not going further than the semis here. Medvedev's gonna have his number. Yeah, as he's as he has historically since the beginning of their career. Um, yeah, yeah. I think that's fair enough. Sasha's not the player he used to be, um, so I think Medvedev's gonna make that final. So. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would, I would love to see uh, Dad Medvedev pick up another title. I think ever since Medvedev has become a father, he's just been a, a super cool personality, and I want to see him do really well in the summer hardcourt swing. So, I would love to see that. Um, and I, I'm really looking forward to that matchup of Sinner and Alcaraz. But yeah, um, a lot of great tennis ahead this week, and so look forward to recapping that. And uh, unless we have any other thoughts, guys, I think that about wraps up this edition of the Racket Rundown podcast. See you next time.